What's up, guys? Pete Mundo here. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We take the radio show. We turn it into a podcast for you. We have Joel Klatt, Fox Sports, this week. Please leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. It helps us out a lot because of you spreading the word. And I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in return out of the goodness of my heart if you do that. All you got to do is email me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great week and uh, enjoy the show. Well, we're at Big 12 Media Days. I am Pete Mundo, and we are happy to speak with Fox Sports' Joel Klatt, who now joins us on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your Big 12 digital independent media outlet. All right, Joel, uh, Oklahoma still appears to be the team to beat in the Big 12, right? It's their conference to lose. How healthy is that for the Big 12 conference? Well... Even if you look at the history going back to the Big Eight, you know, I mean, it was Nebraska and Oklahoma. Um, there's there's always going to be blue bloods throughout history in each conference, and then the others are trying to get to that point where they can compete with them. Um, and when it was the Big 12, it was Texas and for a while. Well, really, the initial, the initial Big 12, it was really Colorado and Nebraska mm-hmm. in the north, and then it started to shift to Texas and Oklahoma, especially after Bob got there. So I think that this is natural. And the only thing that Oklahoma has been missing is that bona fide second team in the conference. And I think they've got it now with Texas. So that's where my next question was going. Is Texas, are we overvaluing Texas after that Georgia Sugar Bowl win with eight starters gone on defense? Or is this the year that they are back in air quotes? (coughs) Sorry. No, I think that they're back to compete for the, for the league title. There's no doubt. Um, Of those eight starters, they get to try to replace them with a depth chart that includes 22 guys that have four stars next to their name in recruiting. That helps. They have Todd Orlando, one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. That helps. Uh, They have a specific area where they can improve third down defense. That helps, you know, specifics like that. And then they've got a great quarterback and explosive offensive playmakers. Texas is going to be right there for the length of this season. I love Sam Ellinger. I love the mentality that Tom Herman brings. And so I'll be surprised if Texas is not playing for the Big 12 title. Joel Clef, Fox Sports, joining us. All right, so that third team, you can make an argument for it seems like half a dozen teams, maybe four to five teams as that third team in the Big 12. Where are you going with that? Three teams draw my eye. Okay. Um, Iowa State, TCU, and Oklahoma State. Iowa State because of the trajectory under Matt Campbell. Oklahoma State and TCU because I just don't think that they're going to stay down. You know, they, they did not have Oklahoma State TCU-esque seasons uh, a year ago. And any time that's happened to Gary Patterson and TCU, they've always bounced back with a big year. And Oklahoma State, it just feels like they've got a talented young quarterback. I think Spencer Sanders yep. is probably going to be their quarterback. And they've got Tylen Wallace. they got Ch- uh, Chuba Hubbard. They're really good, you know. And they beat some good teams last year and then inexplicably lost to some others. I think they're going to be back competing for 9-10 victories and a spot in that championship game. So I think they'll be back, and TCU will as well. And just Brock Purdy and Matt Campbell, that combination of trajectory of program, good solid defense, and a returning starting quarterback, they'll be right there as well. 
Matt Campbell's a guy that the last two off seasons, his name is tied to different jobs. Yeah. He's staying there. He's signed extensions. What do you think Matt Campbell's future is uh, coaching football? That's a great question. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if you – I mean, I don't say this disparagingly. I think it's going to be really hard for him to win a national championship at Iowa State. I'm sure that's what he's trying to do. Maybe he can. Um I've gotten some raised eyebrows about this, but if you just if you look at their actual body of work around college football, just from a coaching standpoint, and their resumes, now that Urban is is no longer coaching, I can make a strong case that Matt Campbell is a top 10, 12 coach in the sport. I really can. So is the door going to continue to get knocked? Yes. If he wants to stay at Iowa State, he'll be able to do that. There's no doubt about that. Will he? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. They've done a great job retaining him. Big props to their administration. I believe Jamie Pollard is still there, their athletic director, um, at least the, as recently as I've seen. So to be able to retain him and to convince him that this is the place to stay and to have a contract that has a large enough buyout that it keeps people away. Yeah. You know, because listen, everybody with a vacancy, everybody is going to say, well, can we get Matt Campbell? That's just the way it is. So can you put the language that makes it difficult for them to come get him? Joel Clad, Fox Sports, joining us. So uh, Cliff Kingsbury, guy gets fired by Texas Tech, now coaching in the NFL. What does that do to the college game if he has success at that level? And do you think he will? Um, good question. Not sure. Okay. Um, the NFL is such a crapshoot. It's built for 8-8. Eight and eight. I think that you can strike lightning in a bottle. Uh, it's a grand experiment. Uh, experiment. Let's be honest, right? Uh, a college coach that didn't have success, quarterback under six foot, but a marriage that certainly looks like it will work between the two because of the style of football that each wants to play. One is a coach, one is a quarterback. Um, their roster's not great, you know. The, like let's let's face it. And candidly, I don't know how much you can overcome as a quarterback coach when your roster is not great. We'll see. I think. His experience is going to drastically impact college football. And here's why. If it doesn't go well, why would Lincoln Riley leave Oklahoma? Why would Ryan Day leave Ohio State, you know, if he's able to have success? Why would Dabo leave Clemson? Why would Pat Fitzgerald leave Northwestern? These guys are getting paid as good or better than their NFL counterparts, and they have more control over their own operation. And more stability. More stability. I would argue that it's, I would argue outside of the vanity of potentially winning the Super Bowl, yeah. there's no reason to go to the NFL. So is it all ego driven? I believe it is. I believe it's a vanity, I need to coach at the highest level type of decision uh, because the better opportunity is to stay in college. There's no doubt about it. Look at the contracts that Jimbo Fisher have gotten. And Dabo, Dabo Sweeney just signed for what was it, north of $90 million? That's insane. That's insane. And he's going to see every penny of that. There's no doubt in my mind. And not only that, he controls whether he can win to an exponentially greater degree than an NFL head coach who can't control where they draft, who can't control a rogue GM, who can't control a rogue owner if he wants some player over another player who might not have full autonomy over the roster, why would I deal with that? Now i got to deal with a quarterback that's making $30 million but is not performing well? I think the college game is a better spot to be. The money is just as good. The control is exponentially better. 
So, I say all that to say, if it doesn't go well for Cliff, I think you're going to see guys stay put. Now, if he goes in there and has success, you might see some itches be scratched, uh, namely maybe Lincoln Riley. Joel Clatt, Fox Sports. Talk about experiments. Les Miles in Kansas is one big experiment. I asked Les Miles whether or not, you know, what would he call a success with this tenure? He said one day at a time, one game at a time, kind of the old cliches. What would be a success for Les Miles here at Kansas? Would it be bowl eligibility? Um, I guess first, listen, you gotta you got to build a staircase uh, out of the big, deep hole if you're Kansas. What does the first step look like? Probably buy-in. You know, what does success look like for Les Miles today? Having his team buy into what he's selling? What's the next step? Finding some cohesive players on the field, you know? I mean, he's got some talent. I feel like they took some steps forward last year. And then if you actually get to, like, on-field tangible steps, you got to win four games. They haven't won – they have not won more than three games since Mark Mangino was the coach in 2009. They, they've won five total conference games since Mark Mangino in 2009. I mean, so is it too much to, like, win two conference games a year? I mean, literally, yeah. within the two uh, yeah. first two or three years, I think that's a success. If he wins four games in any one of those years and wins more than one conference game in any one of those years, they're making not only strides, drastic strides forward. Two more for Joel Clatt, Fox Sports. Four new head coaches in the Big 12, West Virginia, Neil Brown, the two Kansas coaches, and uh, Matt Wells at Texas Tech. Who are you most intrigued by? Probably Neil Brown because he had so much success at Troy. He built something from scratch there, which you don't ultimately see. A lot of times you'll see guys have success at mid-majors, and it's it's not them that built it. Mm-hmm. You know, for in, Here's a for instance. I loved what Scott Frost did at UCF because he took a team that was dreadful and he built something spectacular in just a couple of years. That's why I loved to hire to Nebraska, not just because he was an alum. Then you have others where was it them, was it not them, you know, kind of take over a good program at the mid-major level and just keep it going. This guy built it from scratch, so I'm intrigued at that. I think it's going to be a difficult time for him at West Virginia because when you're dealing with 18- to 22-year-olds, what you need is a head coach's leverage. Uh, to get them to buy in, you need leverage. Here's just a, an example. When Tom Herman went to Texas, let's say they're doing drills, they're doing off-season conditioning, and he's like, this is what I expect from you. And he, this is what he's t- telling to a player. What if the player said, well, this is the way we've always done it. Well, Tom Herman gets to look at him and say, how'd that work out for you? And then they sit there and they're like, oh, I just lost all my leverage because we've had no success. For Neil Brown at West Virginia, let's say he gets in the exact same conversation and that kid looks at him and is like, well, we were 60 minutes from playing in the Big 12 championship game. So don't tell me my way doesn't work, right? So now you've got some, some tug of war going on for the culture of the team. I think that's the most intriguing part of the new coaching hires. And then we talked last year at Media Days. You said SEC and the Big 12 top two conferences, in your opinion, in America. Are you still standing by that? Has the Big 10 um, come up a little bit? Where do you stand? Yeah, listen, I'm... I think it changes every year. I think that the the Big Ten has been very good. Um, the I think the the Big Ten, the SEC, and the Big Twelve are the are the best conferences. They're the deepest conferences. They've got the the most quality teams. I think the ACC is driven by one team, and I think the Pac-12 is under a heap of trouble uh, as far as who their quality teams are and whether they can even compete at the national level, to be quite frank. 
Um, so yeah, when it comes to good conferences, best conferences, it's really hard to say. I think the SEC looks really strong this year, really, really strong, especially with when your two best teams have returning quarterbacks that are also Heisman contenders. That's that's usually, um, at least for me, indication that you're going to have a really strong year. So with Jake Fromm in Georgia and with Tua Tungvaluwa at Alabama, I think that they could have a, a pretty sensational year at the SEC. He's Joel Clad, Fox Sports. Joel, thanks so much. Yeah, you bet. What a great spot. I'm just big fan of Joel Clad. Always appreciate him calling it like it is. Uh, shooting it straight, and the guy defends the Big 12, especially against my boy Colin Cowherd, who is my most famous Twitter follower. Yes, Colin Cowherd is my most famous Twitter follower. I will uh, brag about that when I can, and today's a chance for it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate it. Please leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. I'll send you a free koozie, Heartland College Sports koozie, in the mail if you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, that's M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon.